Good morning, Steve Dale's Pet World on WGN. This is a very special program because we have a very special person that Wendy DiCarlo, Chicago certified dog trainer and a good friend of mine, and beloved, if you, I think you are Wendy by the dog training community, but there is a person that is very beloved that you and I want to talk about. And uh, first of all, good morning and welcome to the program. Good morning, and thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this today. Oh, my gosh. You know, I years and years ago, we traveled to some city, some small town in Michigan, and we fell in love with a Brittany. And we brought the dog back home, and I suppose it was a warning sign. I mean, this was the strangest thing. There is the dog, the dog we ended up taking home. I think today you'd call it a rescue of sorts, but that term uh-huh. wasn't around then for these dogs. The, 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 the Brittany named Chaser changed right. my life. And, and this dog was about nine months old, I believe, took her home, and instantly we realized a whole lot of things. She was afraid of everything, everything in the city, from uh, buses that went by on a bus route that we live on, and we we couldn't move because of the dog, uh, but she was afraid of far more than that. She was afraid of strange people, strange dogs, strange sounds, even fire hydrants. The good news is she was so easy to house train because I would take her outside and everything in her instantly came out of her. Uh, but that's a good thing. That is a good thing. But boy, yeah. oh boy, how do you deal with this fear that she had? And on top of everything else, she bonded well to me, which is lovely, but had separation anxiety. So bad that I would go to the bathroom to do what you do. I'd close the door. And on the other side of the door, she would do the same thing in the house. Oh, so no. I know. <laughs> and and remember, this was a long time ago. And there there weren't veterinary behaviorists. I don't believe the college existed yet. If if it did, there weren't many or any in Chicago. Uh, the right. expertise. And, and, you know, I remember Chaser, too. And, and meeting her for the first time, we were actually at an event. Um, it was at the Unitarian Church, and I had my dog Higgins, and she, and this was after you had now had her for a while. Uh-huh. She was absolutely delightful. Well, so what? Wh- so wh- what you did with her in between? No, 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 was no. Amazing. No, it's not what I did. It's what I had the advice to do. And well, there's I, that. I called up the Anti Cruelty Society and spoke to my friend Karen Okura, a dog trainer, mm-hmm. and she said, "Why don't you try doing this and try doing this and try doing this." And I did all those things to the best of my ability. She helped me hands-on with this dog. And others did, too. But it was Karen that provided the advice in the way that Karen did with all of her heart and soul put into it, yet understanding innately dog behavior as few do. And because of her advice, I think... Our dog's life was saved. Uh, Karen is a well-known, as I said earlier, beloved dog trainer in Chicago and was with Anti-Cruelty Society for years, a behavior hotline. You can still call to this day. Anti-Cruelty yep. Society received free dog or cat behavior advice, one of the first, maybe the first shelter in America to do it. And Karen was behind all of that. She was such a huge supporter of public education when others, now there are many out there talking about dog behavior. That wasn't the case decades, literally 20 more, more than, I guess I've known you that long, more than 20 years ago. But more recently, very recently, 
something happened to Karen, and that's what I want to talk to you about. Can you talk about yeah. that? So, in so when COVID um, first started in March of 2020, you know everybody's life changed, and what happened with Karen was just awful. She suffered a stroke, and because this was all in the beginning um, phases, when she had her stroke, she was uh, taken to uh, Rush and. Unfortunately, because of all of the different lockdown situations, her husband, John Caruso, was not able to see her for three months. Wow. So any kind of communication that happened, and she wasn't able to communicate, all she could do was watch John on a phone that a nurse had as he talked to her, as he tried to help her in any way that he could. And so she suffered a stroke. And since then, there have been other strokes. She's been having seizures this whole entire time. She actually had to have a stent put in because she had a heart attack on one of her ER visits. So it's been one thing after another after another. And her recovery, while she, while she is with us and she has some understanding and all that, her recovery, of course, is compromised in that she doesn't have use of her um, good use of her right arm, right leg, her speech is impaired. And so life as she knew it, and of course, to talk about Karen prior to this, she was one of the most vivacious people that I think we can all agree that any of us know. Hilarious, on the spur of the moment, sense of humor, um, just talkative, welcoming, absolute lover of animals, all kinds. And, you know, when you say that her with the Anti-Cruelty Society and the Behavior Hotline, she was the driving force behind so many programs. Yes. And and so now, of course, life is different. Yes. And uh, we're talking about it because, the, well, the dog training community in Chicago that knows about this, not everybody does, and hopefully this will help, uh, has right. stepped up to help. I'm talking about financially. There is a GoFundMe page. If you've ever had... A class at Anti-Cruelty Society, whether Karen's taught it or not, Karen has taught it in a way because she's influenced everyone who has followed her. But maybe you've had her as an instructor, or maybe you just want to help this person who has done so much for the dogs in Chicago and, in a sense, and the all owners, over the... And, and yeah, the owners. Yep, yep. My goodness, for making the dogs, improving the dogs' lives also so much improves the owner relationship, too. So, and she did just that. And and that's absolutely true. And I, you said did just that. I would argue her influence continues, not only in Chicago. Yes, and Karen would probably be astounded that I'm saying this, but truly all over the country, because this was before people talked about and had these buzz terms that I agree with. I think they're important. Positive reinforcement dog training and all these other terms that exist now. She was moving in that direction, what, 25 years ago or so. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, her help, yes, we, we need you to help. I, I don't often do this on the radio, but for Karen Okura, you and I, I know you agree, are happy oh, to do it. Yep. There's a GoFundMe. Happy to do anything possible, yes. There's a GoFundMe page. Uh, simply go to the podcast of this very radio show at WGNRadio.com. And then under programs, look for Steve Dale's Pet World. Or simply go to my website, stevedale.tv, and you'll see a post 
that's all about this conversation. And in that post, we'll put a link. It's just too long to say on the radio, but we'll put a link on both those places. Uh, I hope that you consider helping. Karen needs it right now. You might need help yourself. Let's say you just, and I'm glad you did, adopt a dog, maybe during the pandemic, maybe more recently, a puppy, or maybe even an adult dog. I want to talk with you, Wendy, about socialization, the importance of dog training classes, not not doing it virtually. I guess if you have to, you gotta, but I think we can do better than that. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we can. Yeah, okay. We'll talk about how we can when we come back right here on WGN. Perfect. Dog trainer Wendy DiCarlo is here talking with me about, okay, it's so exciting you got a puppy or maybe even an adult dog. I want to talk about those two things separately. How important, we all, we all talk about puppy classes, how important really are they? So puppy classes are, are incredibly important. When you get a young puppy, there's a lot that you can do at home, around the house, but socialization with other dogs, with people, with kids, it's so valuable at an early age and, of course, done safely, which is what puppy classes provide. So we definitely encourage puppy classes. There's a lot of learning that goes on, foundations, you know, house training, crate training, all of those things that go with puppies. But most importantly, the interactions that can occur safely with other dogs, with other puppies, and letting the owners also get comfortable in their handling skills when these things occur. You know, I've described it as opening up a window of communication between that puppy and the pet parent on the other end of the leash. Is that a yeah. okay description? Perfect description. You know, because if you're a first-time puppy owner, it's a whole new world for you as it is for your puppy. If you're seasoned, maybe you've had a puppy or another dog or several beforehand, you have a good idea, but oftentimes there's kind of a little delay in between getting, you know, your next dogs. So it's always a great refresher and just a good reminder that you work as a team. It's not just not just the puppy. It's not just you. It's what both bring to the relationship. Now, there are some puppy classes that are like free-for-alls. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's some dog, you know, these dog trainers and puppies are everywhere and all they do is play with one another. And then they get overstimulated and then I get really concerned. So I want to talk to you about those classes. And then there's the other end of the spectrum where the dogs are on the leash 100% of the time. And, and they have these uh, chain link collars on, choke collars, you might call them. Uh, at least I call them that because I'm not a fan mm-hmm. for little puppies and and uh, maybe even prong collars, those spiky collars that cartoon dogs kind of wear. Uh, again, for little pu- and the puppies have to be. It's so regimented, and yep, we have walker that way. And if they don't do it, then maybe the dog gets pushed into a sit. I'm giving two extremes on both ends of the spectrum. What should we look for? So, and those are two very big extremes, and of course, there's everything in between. But what you should look for is somebody, a trainer, who is based in positive reinforcement, meaning the things that happen, they're not going to be forced into anything. Basically, with a young puppy, this is an exploration for them. And of course, you want to make it worth their while to learn. So making it worth their while, positive reinforcement, it could be food, praise, petting, toys. But all of those things are used as a reward for puppies either doing the right thing or the owners seeing something they like. But a lot of it is 
puppies being able to explore, but then also on the same venue, learning responsiveness to their owners. And it's just a process. It's a process of teaching, but it's also a huge process of patience, too. Um, so there's no force. And that, that's what I would say is if you get into a situation where there's a lot of force or, or the class is geared towards creating a robot, I would probably leave because they're not robots. And, and you want to have that wonderful, happy life with your dog where they enjoy learning, you enjoy learning and training, and it all comes together beautifully. You know, I say what I tell people is if you walk into the class, audit a class that maybe even your neighbor likes, and maybe it's okay. I mean, maybe they're not using aversives or punishment in the class or harmful methods. But still, if you feel in the pit of your stomach that funny feeling you sometimes get, and if you feel things aren't right, I would argue they probably aren't right, at least not right for you. That's, and that's correct. You know, you follow your instinct. If something doesn't seem right, then you should withdraw, you should leave, find something that does. There has to be a good connection, and you have to enjoy what you're experiencing and also know that your dog is in a safe situation as well. What about, let's say I adopt a dog and the dog is four years old or three years or seven years or whatever. I mean, you don't know Mm -hmm. necessarily with an adopted dog. Maybe even a senior dog. And do you, do you go to a dog class? Would that be, even if the dog knows how to sit, stay, down, roll over, is there an advantage of doing this? So it depends. And that's, you know, that's the best advice that I can give. Dog training classes mostly across the board are wonderful for dogs of any age, including senior dogs. When, though, the, when you adopt a dog, the, the most important thing is allow the dog to settle in in the house with the family, get to know each other. Oftentimes, we see people wanting to plunge new dogs immediately into a training class. They have no relationship. The dog doesn't know them. It's a new environment, and then all of this other stuff happens. So it's always just wise. Take a little time, a little downtime. Get to know each other. Let the dog settle in. And that doesn't just mean a week. It means to me, you know, like a month, maybe two months even. It could be less, really, depending upon the individual dog and also the age. The younger the dog, it's easier for them to get into, you know, like a class situation. But the older dogs, who knows what their life was like beforehand. So you want to give them time and space to acclimate before plunging them into yet another something new. All good advice from Wendy DiCarlo. Wendy, before I let you go, I I do want to talk a bit more about Karen Okura. I I recall that for whatever reason, when she was in charge of training at the Anti-Cruelty Society, Uh, she allowed me to teach some puppy classes. So I've actually done that. And she would say, "Uh, you did this right. Uh, You didn't exactly do that right. You're a dog trainer. I am not by profession. You are. And you've taught, what, 5,000 dog training classes, literally. I I have no idea, but probably. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, What would you say that Karen's most significant contribution to dog training in Chicago, or just dog training in general, is? We have about a minute here. So here's what I think is that her knowledge. She is knowledgeable and conveys it in such a friendly, accepting way. Never lets people feel that they're doing the wrong thing. Always positive herself. Funny, creating a fun and playful environment around training. So that's more than just like one thing, but it's Karen as a whole. It's who she is. And she wants to see people succeed. 
And, and to me, that's the important part is that when you give your heart and soul and she, every step of the way, you know, Karen did, she still does through all of the people that know her. I mean, if anybody does have the opportunity to go on the GoFundMe page, read the comments. My goodness, they are just the pictures of the dogs she has worked with. And it's just, it's heartwarming and, and you just see how people adore what she brought to them. Uh, certainly, and uh, I can't say it any better except Karen O'Kerr, I hope you hear this, and uh, I love you. I, I believe, Wendy, you probably feel the oh, same Oh, God, way. I love you, Karen. Yep, I know. All right, Wendy DiCarlo, I love you, too. Thank you Thank so you. very much. Thank It's a love fest. And, well, that's what it WGN is. is. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you so much. Thank you. So Wendy DiCarlo reminded me of this story when I was in an elevator, and I had three passengers with me, and the elevator went, it stopped. Have, has that ever happened to you, where you've been stuck in an elevator and passengers, they sometimes do panic, and that's what happens. So one passenger's pacing back and forth. The other passenger, another one of the three with me, was actually crying, and the third began to bark. You see, I was with three dogs. The good news is I was on my way up and not on the way down, if you <clears throat> get the drift. But one of those dogs, our dog Chaser, who actually helped to calm the other dogs down. Chaser was the one who barked a little bit, went woof, kind of. And it was a relaxing woof to keep the other dogs a little more calm. And it worked, actually. Well, we waited for the elevator company in rush hour to come from the suburbs, as we live in the city, to come and rescue us. So we're just kind of hanging out there. I had received an offer at that time from Tribune Media Services to write a syndicated newspaper column. And I had I didn't turn them down by any means. But I thought, you know what? If I do this, I just knew inherently that's all that I would ever be doing talking about or writing about pets for the rest of my life. And as a reporter, do you want to be sort of typecast, if you will, just to do one thing? And I, as I said, I don't know how I knew, but I really thought that that's all. This is from here on out. Now, this was years and years ago. And at that point, I was writing entertainment. Yes, I was writing about pets, but I was writing entertainment. I was actually even reviewing restaurants. I was doing other things as well. And I thought, do I, covering theater, which I love, do I only want to do this? And then I looked into the eyes of that dog, Chaser, uh, who it was my fair Pygmalion she transformed into or something, because she really did change so much from the time we actually, from the time we brought her into our home. And one of the reasons for that change was advice given to me by the dog trainer we've been talking about, Karen Okura. So I looked into our dog's eyes, and I thought it was a lassie moment, if you will. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because if others can have a bond like I have a bond with my dog, then I can make a huge difference for families as well as for dogs. So that is the direction I went in, a direction I might not have gone in if it wasn't for one dog trainer, Karen Okura. Thank you, Karen. We'll talk to you next week, bright and early, right here on WGN.